Warning, this show includes strong language and depictions of romance, and in this episode contains a scene of kissing. Check our show notes for a timestamp if you want to avoid this. This show is not intended for younger audiences, and listener discretion is advised. This is Hand in Glove, an audio drama about baseball, romance, and everything in between. Dolores, Carlos, Mikey, hey, uh, try me usual, y para el... Get this guy a country scramble and some bacon. Have a descaffeinado fuerte. Up to you, slugger. All I heard was cafe. Have you learned nothing, pendejo? Regular decaf. Decaf for me, warm milk for that guy. <laughs> that wasn't called for. Someone's calling that two fastball combo right at the end of the seventh inning. How was I supposed to know he was a fastball hitter? I tried to wave you off. Gringo, you just worry about throwing the pitch. I'll worry about calling it. (laughs) Okay, okay. No baseball. Not today. I am sick of fucking baseball. This is officially a no baseball zone. So, what kind of zone is it going to be? Strike zone. Friend zone. Eh, we'll see. Okay, I'll start. If... If you could walk up to any music, what would it be? Any song you want. Ah, shit. I thought of the answer, and you were going to roast me for it. Oh, I can't wait. This is going to be good. But first... Pot of decaf. One more milk for a little babe ball player here. Food will be out soon. Dolores, they made that después de todos after all we've been through. You gotta grow up big and strong if you want to hit those home runs. <laughs> Shit, I did not see that coming. Oh, Acho, you still have an embarrassing secret to share, so... <sighs> How soon is now by the Smiths? (laughs) That has got to be the whitest walk-up song I've ever heard. You know what? If you'd heard some of the hat country bullshit half my high school walked up to, you'd know that's some horse shit. Lo siento, mano. It just screams sad, confused gringo. Like, of course you would pick that. Okay, okay, look. I admit I was the brooding sad boy for a while in college, but... I don't know. I don't hear the same thing people do in that song. So what do you hear? I hear defiance. Anger. Like, imagine that song being played over a stadium loudspeaker, loud, with drums pounding, and then walking out, staring the hitters down. All with this song about being vulnerable. I always hated having to walk up to some terrible metal song or some just-the-worst pop country. It was always the same. All through college didn't matter. It was Metallica or, like, Luke Bryan every time I walked out. And it got so boring. I always wanted to walk out to something that would be strange, brooding, darker. I know a lot of people think it's this mopey song, but it always got me motivated. To go win on my terms in my own way. They don't get to define how I pitch or who I am. So I'll walk out to his fucking Smith song if I want to. You think it's ridiculous, don't you? I love it. I... Absolutely love it. You gotta walk out to that when you start in the majors. You just gotta. I... No, no. Okay, what's yours? 
Well, see, that's a complicated question. Oh, fuck off. There are just too many choices, you know. I can't just pick one. Ah, uh, hell no. You're not getting out of this one. <laughs> okay, okay. There's, um... So, my grandfather played salsa music all the time in our house. Constantly, like, all the time. And every time he played it, my mom and dad would roll their eyes and tell him to go watch TV or something. But he would just put it on and sit, tap his foot. Just sit there all day listening to salsa. Wow. Wait, but what song? Oh, shit. You know who he loved? Rivera. Ismael Rivera. El Sonero. He'd turn on Maquino Landera and he'd have all of us dancing all over the room. Yeah. That's what I do. Blast some old school Boricua salsa like that. Dance my way up to the plate. Get the whole crowd to dance. I would pay good money to see that. I'll tell you what, you get called up to the majors, I'll do it for a whole damn season. Shit, don't even joke, you know I'll hold you to it. Two Sanchez specials for dos niños muy especiales. Tell the truth though, Dolores, I'm more special than him though, right? Don't you dare side with him, you know I treat you good. I used to think it'd be nice to have two boys fighting over me, but you two, Come on, Dolores, you know I'm your favorite. Oh, pobrecitos, my favorite is, and always will be, Tommy. Tommy? Our manager? It pays to tip double. What can I say? That's rude, Dolores. Tu sabes I would if I had ninguno dinero. Entonces, you'd better get to Las Grandes Ligas pronto, Honchiquito. <coughs> Your, um, granddad, is he still around? Yeah, but he's in a home. He's not... He doesn't have many lucid days anymore. I'm so sorry. You know, it's actually okay. He lived a good, beautiful life, and when he has the energy, he's like a little kid now. He forgets who we are sometimes, but he didn't lose his joy at all. Okay, so, uh, elephant in the room? Ah, shit. You came out to your teams? Like you were out, out? I was... Ah... Uh... This is hard to explain. Oh, hey, if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. No, it's okay, it just... I should have left it alone, lo siento. No, really. I want to talk about it. Okay. So, like, college was its own fucking ordeal. I went from suburban Tennessee to University of Central Arkansas, and... I mean, it was different. You played D3? D1, but a small college. So we were definitely bigger. I mean... If by bigger you mean Little Rock was your closest big city and the scouts occasionally decided to come check out a game. And I take it Arkansas wasn't ready for you to come out. More like I wasn't ready to come out to myself. I didn't realize I was bi until I was 20, when a transfer came to our team and all of a sudden I couldn't check out the girls in the stands anymore. I was crushing on him. Wait, did he know? He never figured out I liked him, partly because I wasn't really sure what the hell was going on. <laughs> It wasn't until I got drafted to the minors that it clicked for me. Oh shit, I wanted to make out with him, not just practice bunts and talk pitch grips. And then I started reading more and more and stayed in touch with Val, who knew a lot of great people to talk to. Wait, Val, the reporter, you knew them? Yeah, they went to high school with me. They were on the yearbook and had to cover the JV baseball team for a week, and all the other dudes were total jackasses. So I was like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. And we hit it off from there. Y'all stayed in touch. 
I mean, we both got busy here and there. They went to New York for college and started working there, and I was in the middle of fucking nowhere. But yeah, we'd get in touch now and then. So then you came out to the minor league teams you were on? Slowly, but yeah. Mostly my roommates early on, for logistics. Didn't want to have that conversation after I brought a date home. (laughs) But, like, you weren't worried? So, like, I remember playing in Colorado Springs, A-ball. The bench coach talked with us a lot, got to know us. The manager was a little colder, not in a bad way. They just had it worked out that the bench coach would work on building guys' mental game and be a buddy, so the manager could focus on the game and be a little more bird's-eye view. I wish I had coaches like that. I mean, I did, but only for a few weeks in Dominica for the Classic. All the others were real fucking hard asses. Like I said, I got lucky. So I'm doing alright, but having control issues, and it's getting to me. And I'm a nervous wreck. Everything's on high alert, so I have a meeting with the bench coach. And in the middle of talking through our struggles, he just drops a bomb. I mean, I told Tom, the manager, that you might have some personal things that might cause you to press. You don't need to worry. Oh, shit. Right? So now I'm fully in a panic spiral, because I don't know Tom, but I know the ownership, and it's pretty damn conservative. I mean, we're out in the middle of Red State Central. I know they're big sponsors of a couple local churches, so if they find out, they got a queer player. Oof. So what happened? So, that day after practice, Tom calls me over says we need to talk. Oh, Dios. Inside, I'm dying. I'm just waiting for this conversation, you know? We just can't have that on the team. It's too much of a distraction. So I go over, and he says, You know the only reason you're still on this team, Corliss? No me digas. Because if you aren't pressing and throwing too hard, you throw some of the meanest shit I've ever seen to try to hit. But you gotta get your head in check, otherwise nobody's ever gonna get the chance to see it. So take a day, rest up, and come back ready to throw some heat, got me? Oh. Wait. Yep, did not give two shits about what was going on. My bench coach had just told him I had anxiety and nerves, and he could see I was trying to throw too hard. And since then I learned, most of the time, most, nobody gives a fuck about your personal life off the field. I had a few Jesus Freak teammates give me some weird looks, or some roommates who just wanted to change the conversation a little too eagerly. But most of the time, most of the time all I got was, cool, just play good, we don't care. Which is how it's supposed to be. Clearly, you hated it. Guess I'll never share it again. Dolores, if you don't make this a regular special, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pitch. I'll tell you what. You get to start this year, I'll name the special after you. Hold on. He gets a special before me. What did I do to deserve this? Baby, you've got to hit more home runs if you want your name on this menu. Besides, I like this little picture right here. I'll get your check. Incredible. You just got to learn to be more charming, I guess. Anyway, I can't imagine how hard it is for anyone else to come out while playing. Because, like, I got super lucky. I know there's some heinous homophobes all over the league. I've heard stories. And, you know, I'm a beefy corn-fed white boy, so that doesn't hurt either. Yeah, it's been a little harder for me, though. Like, I've never been that open and out about anything, let alone being gay. Outside of baseball, I was the shyest kid in class. I hid to not have to say an answer. I would run from class to class in high school just to avoid people. That is... unexpected. Game opened my eyes to a lot. 
Like the fact that a baseball locker room is a decent place to figure out what kind of guys you're attracted to. <laughs> because everyone, either in the winter leagues or coming up, they were all just so thoughtless. I mean, sure, I was always guarded. Not because I was ashamed of anything. I just didn't want to share a lot with others. I kept my personal life pretty sheltered away. But then I'd have to work with a pitcher or a coach and they'd make a shitty joke or call something gay and every time, every time it hurt a little more. I got close to coming out to a team a couple of times, especially on the World Classic team. Being there with a bunch of guys I had always admired, I wanted to badly. But the more time I spent around guys, the more I couldn't trust them. Other than that batting coach. That was one of the few times I was in a locker room where I felt at ease and comfortable enough with the guys that I could tell them and not feel like I'd get shoved in a locker or beat up. Sometimes I tell myself that I'm waiting to reach a goal, like finally getting on a minor league team, or going to the majors, or being a starting catcher, and then I get there and it still feels wrong. Look, you... You really shouldn't ever come out to anyone until you're ready, right? Like it's... You don't owe anyone, any fucking coach or teammate or fan any right to talk about who you are unless you feel safe enough to do it on your own terms in your own time. And in this business where they chew you up and spit you out for a bad inning, I mean, how the hell do you expect people to treat that story, right? I don't want to wait forever, though. I want people to know. I want to shock those assholes who complain about the unwritten rules and just shove it right in their fucking faces. And then... I want to see them justify not letting someone play. Fucking A. So, I forget, did you grow up in Puerto Rico? We moved to New York with my granddad before I was born. I was born about a year after they got here. They like to call me the housewarming present. <laughs> you were special before you even got here. I lucked out on the parent front, let's just say that. <laughs> I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my mom and my dad and mi abuelito. Who taught you about baseball? Oh, abuelo. He'd always be out there talking to me about the other players. Like Clemente, he was obsessed with Clemente. He taught me how to look for the ball, how to catch, how to swing. It wasn't anything special, but we practiced so much I just got better and better. My mom, Dios la bendiga, she kept me at practice, got me to the games, cleaned my uniform. It was a whole team effort. My dad was always rooting so hard. He'd get off work and hustle in the cabs to get to the field before the third inning. Always got there and shouted for me. So, do they know that you're gay? Yeah, shit, yeah. I couldn't keep that secret from them. They figured it out themselves? Me madre sure as shit did real quick. She saw how I looked at the baseball players when I watched the games, and how I could not give a damn about the models selling beer in between innings. When I finally came out, she just told me she loved me no matter what, and that her little cariño ought to love whoever he wanted. Now, my dad, that was a little harder. Oh, Javi, I'm so sorry. Looking back, I think he was just more scared than anything, or shocked. 
but it felt cold. I told him and he just sort of kept some distance. And then one day, he took a day off to take me up to a tournament. It was weird. He always needed to work. He almost never took a day off. But he told Mama he wanted to take me. And we talked about it. Maybe got a little angry here and there, but we talked. Now we played some catch when we got there early. And at one point, in the middle of it, he just said, Javier, I just don't want to disappoint you. I want you to be happy, and I'm scared I'll do something wrong. And I just told him, I, I get it, Dad, but all you have to do is just be my dad. That's all. He took me to every tournament after that. Baseball got us close again. Wow. Wow, man. I'm really glad it came around. Fuck me, yeah. There's some reason baseball means a lot to me. I know what you mean. Well, in a different way. Let me guess, you never told your parents. I came from Tennessee, from a little podunk town. It was mostly football, dirt biking, and stupid kid stuff. Or drinking. Or both. I got bullied in middle school for playing baseball, so I hid a lot of stuff away from them. But like you said, it wasn't all bad. When I was in college, I started to open up more. I started to realize that I wasn't just attracted to girls. I started to open up and learn and met some other bi people. Once I learned what that meant, I felt a huge weight off my shoulders. So when I came home one summer, I told my folks. And how'd that go? (sighs) My mom just absorbed it for a little while and said, I love you, I'm happy for you, and I'm glad you feel more like you now, which was just fine. It was tense, but she never really got bogged down by it. And my dad... My dad always wanted me to live up to his standards. Play baseball really well, get the right grades. Being queer wasn't in the cards. My parents split right before high school, but... I mean, you see how I am on the mound. Always trying to outperform everyone. That's all him. If I told him, he'd just look disappointed. Pathetic and heartbroken. Even though he's really just a horse's ass. I'm so sorry. I hate that. Dad's gonna be terrible sometimes. Thank you. I'm just really glad I finally started finding a groove and don't need his approval from afar. I got teammates like you, coaches like Britt. I feel a lot stronger and more comfortable than I ever have. (laughs) Oh. I mean, you do seem more comfortable, but I still can't get over that you feel that way. Like... Out of all the pitchers I've worked with, you're the only one who's ever got me? You and me, there's something really good. Something you don't always get between teammates. Are you two not done? I got people waiting on tables over there. Oh god, wow, it's getting late. Vamanos, you two have a curfew. How much do we owe you? Nothing tonight, mijos. You two just get yourselves back to the hotel before you get in trouble. Hey, no, I can't accept that. What's the bill? I'm telling you, it's on the house, okay? Just remember, when you two finally get to the Grizzlies... You better come back here and pay me triple. Gracias, Dolores. Ay, que amable. Now get out of here before I change my mind. Hey, I'm really, really glad I met you, Javi. Same, Macho. I don't know if I'd have made it through this year if I didn't meet you. Like, even on the field. I feel safe around you, just to throw. Thanks. I, I feel safe with you, too. Like, you want the help. You want to listen. 
And I like that we can talk about you guys, like that Toledo second baseman. Oh god, I know. It's criminal that he was that hot while you're trying to hit the ball past him. There's something about high socks, man. They always get me. Okay, so for real, I am dying to know what the fuck you were thinking stealing home in the 8th in that last game of the Global Classic. Right? I don't even fucking know. I thought Juan was waving me through. Except it turns out he was yelling at me to stop so much he kept waving his arm. Yeah, but it fucking worked. Halfway towards home, I realized their catcher was way the fuck offline, so I ran as hard as I could, and even then, if I hadn't arched my back, I'd have been out, and, well, we wouldn't be here. Alright, better get in before they start checking curfew. I don't have the money to pay that fine. Thank you again for the conversation. It's nice to have someone to talk to. It's nice to be able to be myself for a little bit. I don't always get to do that around here. Okay, yeah, I'll... Yeah, no pasa nada. See you, Corliss. It's ten minutes to curfew. Right, so you should go inside. I'm not ready to go in. What are you saying? I'm saying I can't stop thinking about you and how gorgeous you are. <sighs> wait, wait, stop. Are you, are you sure about this? <laughs> sure about what? We are players on the same fucking team. We, we have to work together. Are you sure you want to be making out in a car? I mean, <laughs> they adore, but dating another player would be too hard to keep quiet, and I, I may be gone soon. I just don't know. Are, are you okay with it? Because if not, I will walk the fuck away. We will just be teammates. Are you okay with it, Macho? <sighs> <sighs> yeah, I'm definitely okay with this. <laughs> Same. Same. Ay, estás también. Episode 4 of Hand in Glove was written, produced, and directed by David Hanna. The part of Javi Correa was played by Charlie Pacheco. The part of Jake Corliss was played by Ezra J. Wayne. The part of Dolores Sanchez was played by Diana Lorraine. Script translations and additional dialogue provided by Charlie Pacheco. Sensitivity readings provided by Daniel J. Martinez Jr. and Charlie Pacheco. Sound design by David Hanna. A full listing of all sound effects used for this episode can be found in the transcript. For transcripts, cast and crew info, and a link to our Ko-Fi page, please visit our website at handandglovecast.wixsite.com slash handandglovepodcast, or visit the link in our show notes. The introduction music is Sun Shower by Louis Zong. The credits music is Summer on the Minuteman Bikeway by Louis Zong. We would like to extend a huge thank you to all of our contributors for this show, 
including season ticket holders Daniel Spencer and Jolene Thompson, and legacy fans Michael Snyder, Misty Morris, Ashley Wiegand, Jade Scott, Alicia Ramos, Anna Rodriguez, and Dallas Wheatley. For a full list of contributors, please visit our website.